Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's the final game of a long season. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars struggled, dug down deep, and rebounded at year's end. He's going to go! And the Cougs are right back in it. The New Mexico Bowl will be a reward for the seniors. Although some of those BYU stars will watch from the sidelines. Jaron's situation, we were hoping that he'd be able to go, but Soljay Mayava and, and Nick Billups and Kate Finnegan, those guys, they got to roll. You're listening to KSL's special extended pregame coverage. The New Mexico Bowl, BYU versus SMU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Bailante legacy home of the Cougars on KSL News Radio. BYU and SMU kick off 5.30 p.m. You can hear that right here on KSL News Radio. And this extended pregame coverage is brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. But right now, Mitch, let's take a quick deviation away from the grass and move over to the hardwood because even though there's a lot of focus and attention on this final independent era football game where you're at in Albuquerque, there's also a very interesting basketball game happening at the Marriott Center. I was just catching up with Jason Jones during the break. He's done a great job with our scoreboard updates today. And I was trying to like, when was the last big home BYU basketball game that fans could attend? Like, what, 2019? Was it the Gonzaga win with Yoli? Like, yeah. it feels like it's been forever. This is a big game. Utah has a good record. They have a good squad. Then you throw in the Chris Burgess move. He leaves BYU, goes to Utah. So, this is a very interesting matchup. Even though BYU is kind of sputtering a little bit, though, maybe riding the ship after the win against Creighton, I still think this matchup is very, very interesting. I agree with you, and I think it's it's unfortunate that it's on the same day as the New Mexico Bowl, and it's unfortunate, too, that it's it lands on a Saturday that uh, at the end of the week after BYU students have wrapped up finals. Yep. So a lot of students have, have went back home and probably won't be in attendance at the Marriott Center. But I would expect that Cougar fans will still show up in strong numbers for this game between BYU and Utah, which, by the way, so since the football game will be on our airwaves here on KSL News Radio, if you want to listen to the basketball call, it will be on 12:80 a.m. Not 97.5 FM, just 12:80 a.m. The KSL Sports Zone on that 12:80 a.m. feed. You can go on kslsports.com and listen to it there as well. So, just a, a programming note on where to listen to BYU and Utah 
as the Cougs look to try to take down the Utes again. And, you know, BYU has dominated this series, uh, Matt. You know, Mark Pope is 2-1 is and one against the Utes in, that, in his first year with that great team that had their season cut short by COVID. They had a shocking loss in overtime to Utah at the Huntsman Center, but since they've – They've pretty much handled uh, Utah. It's the first time that BYU fans will be in attendance for a Mark Pope uh, Utah game in the Marriott Center. So that should be a fun wrinkle to this matchup. And also another note, too, for fans that are going to go to the basketball game, uh, donate some sneakers, too. Lightly used sneakers. Gideon George is holding a shoe drive uh, to give back back to kids in Nigeria. They have a goal of getting uh, raising 10,000 pairs of shoes to take back to his home country of Nigeria. So so do that. There will be bins all over the Marriott Center in the four corners. So, so make sure to do that. But this will be a fun game, Matt. And I hope that Fusini Traore can play. He did not practice on Tuesday, and he wasn't a go in that Western Oregon game. If Fus doesn't play... Gosh, that, that's a tough deal for BYU if they don't have him. Yeah, and Spencer Johnson, he's not going to go. So potentially down, what, your two best players on the team? Yeah. I mean, Spencer Johnson was playing great basketball before he got hurt down in the Bahamas, and then Foose can't go. Uh, to me, this game is it's very simple. Uh, Utah does two things very well, and BYU doesn't do those things very well. And if those trends hold true, Utah's going to win the game. BYU is 238th in the country in three-point shooting. I, I can't understand it because it was that was the recipe for success in Pope's first year, and it's just steadily getting worse year after year after year. They're not shooting the three-ball well, and that's the reason they lost to Utah Valley. They didn't shoot it great against Creighton, but they were good enough to get that win. And then what they did so well against Creighton, and this might be the key to the game, they out-rebounded the heck out of Creighton down in Vegas because that was a shocking win when they beat. It was. And look, Creighton was missing their best player, and they've lost some games since, so maybe it doesn't look quite as good now. But that was a great win for BYU, and they did it on the glass. Utah is a, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They're very good, especially on the defensive side of the glass. If BYU wants a chance to beat Utah with or without Foos, it comes down to can you win the battle on the boards and can you make some threes? And if they do those things, they'll beat Utah. If they don't, it could get ugly. I love the lineup change, too, with Rudy Williams coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. I think that has been a perfect spot. I remember, Matt, you and I were talking, I think it was, what, the Nichols State game? It was early in the season. Those, those games, there were some close calls for BYU hoops. And we talked about it. I mean, I think you brought it up. Like, why not have Rudy come off the bench and be that guy that just focuses on getting buckets? I think trying to make him this all-around guard wasn't who he is. Yep. He's a guy that's a point getter. He's a guy that can fill it up off the bench. He gets 26 off the bench in that win over Creighton. That's one of the all-time great performances off the bench for any BYU player that was a reserve in the history of this program. So, he is a walking bucket when he just comes in with the mindset to score. And I think that switch has been great for BYU. And it also allows Dallin Hall to be the starter and be kind of the, 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 the tone setter for BYU out of the gate. I think Dallin Hall has done a fantastic job. And he's still young. I mean, you see moments in these games where, you know, oh, yeah, he's, he's a freshman. And, and it happens. But his future is bright, and I just continue to be impressed. He's exceeding my expectations for where he's at to this point 
in his BYU career, and it goes beyond just simply the two-game winners. I just think his maturity, and I think he's got a great feel for the game, too, and his passing ability, too, is top-notch. So I, I love what I'm seeing there from that lineup change, and I think that was a great move by Mark Pope. That's a great point, Mitch. That that lineup change has uh, really helped this offense because they just they turned it over a ton to start the year. There weren't a lot of assists. And then against Western Oregon a few nights ago, and I know it was Western Oregon, so let's not – Read too much into it, but <laughs> nearly 30 assists. Like they were sharing the ball. Dallin Hall told us at Media Day before the season began that his greatest skill set is his floor vision. And I think that's that's become true from what we've seen so far this year. He is very good at getting guys in the right spots, distributing the basketball. He's the right starting point guard. Rudy Williams, you come in, give us that Jamal Crawford, give us that six, yeah. you know, Jordan Clarkson back on those good Utah Jazz teams. Fill it up. He'll he'll need to play well. Like they need Rudy Williams to be maybe around twenty points if they're going to win. But I thought that was a, a great point by you. That lineup change has unlocked a lot of potential for this team. And I think that you know this. What's interesting about this BYU squad too is that you know Mark Post's been candid that in many stretches of this season where they weren't good. I think they're trending up. They're on the upward climb right now. There's a sense of confidence from this, uh, from this team. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not being viewed as, oh, make or break NCAA tournament pressures. It's just go out there and play. And, and I think they have done a nice job in rising to the occasion in games where they look like a decisive underdog. San Diego State, yes, they lost that game, but they showed well. And that's what made those those losses to South Dakota and Utah Valley so concerning. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, what, what just happened? And for them to bounce back, it's been some nice fight from this BYU team. And uh, they will need some fight today against Utah. And i got to ask you this, Matt. You know, we talk a lot about football scheduling because, well, football scheduling, there's just so few spots, especially when you're in a league like the Big 12. You only get three chances to play teams outside the conference. In basketball, you have more opportunities. But at the same time, the Big 12 basketball is basically what SEC football is in, in college football. It, it's the best league. And you have every night is just a uh, top 50 gauntlet of a game. So let me ask you, do you think Mark Pope and BYU should continue playing Utah in basketball. Absolutely, 100%. Yep. You, you don't? I No, I agree. I think they should. I, I think that it's the one game at the in-state games that I'm, I'm cool with playing. And yep. I think there's a good relationship between Mark Pope and Craig Smith. I, I, I think that dynamic's good. And I think that, you know, Mark Pope said earlier this week that he's got the mindset to continue playing the series. And I, I think it's it's one worth keeping. I just wish that... Maybe it wasn't on a, an end of a finals week, and yeah. it wasn't the in the thick of bowl season. Maybe put it to November. I, I don't know if there's a perfect spot in non early December would be great, actually. Yeah, maybe after maybe after championship uh, uh, Saturday in college football, like last Saturday would have oh, been perfect. Maybe it would have been great but, last Saturday. Yeah, but but I think that you know it is a game worth keeping. the The Utah Valleys, the Utah States, the Weber's. Maybe those go by the wayside. I, you know, I just think that those ones, maybe you send send it off and say, don't worry about those. But Utah, I think, is definitely worth keeping. And I think that Craig Smith, he has said in the past, too, he wants to keep this series. And I think it's just going to be a good game. And, you know, let me – and I'm curious, too, with this. Why do we always forget uh, the success that BYU has in basketball against Utah? Like, we, we always hear when, it, when the football losing streak was happening – 
10 is coming or 9 is coming, and still now it's, well, you've lost 9 out of the last 10. Good job, BYU. Why, why, why does anyone bring up all the great stats and success BYU has had in basketball? BYU has dominated the series, and I think it would be a, a, a nice opportunity for BYU to continue that success in a year where Utah looks like a team that maybe could go to the NCAA tournament. It's still a long way to go, but they look like a good squad, and, and BYU is not a team that's going to March Madness, I would expect. So this would be a nice opportunity for them before they go to the Big 12 to uh, still lay claim like, hey, still the top dog in the state, and, and it's a nice opportunity for in front of BYU today. It's a, it's a fair question, and uh, I'll answer it by asking you a question. Why'd you go to New Mexico on Wednesday? I went to New Mexico on Wednesday because our bosses told me to do so. Fair and enough. <laughs> because the BYU football team that's arrived right. on Wednesday. Exactly. So that's why I was there. That's You just answered your own question because football. Football, is <laughs> it holds more weight, even though it probably holds too much weight in terms of you know the popularity over some of those other sports when you're talking bragging rights between schools. But it is what it is. Football's... Football's king. That's why Nate Slack, our producer, sold his hoops tickets. That's why you're in the land of an enchantment. And that's why I'm left uh, as the lone KSL sports person heading down to the Marriott Center. But I'm ready for the rivalry, baby. I can't wait. Yeah, that, that'll be a good one. So follow Matt for his coverage. He will have it locked down on KSLsports.com. He'll be joined by uh, Michelle Bodkin, too, yep. uh, the Utah Utes insider for KSLsports.com. They'll be handling things at the Marriott Center. So we'll have full team coverage of all the BYU sports taking place today. I'll be in Albuquerque, and Matt will be in Provo. And Nate will just be enjoying his glorious Slack family food, <laughs> the party, and just enjoying life in a warm, cozy room with two televisions and just living it up like Cougar Nation does on these type of days. Hey, but before, right, Nate? But yeah, but, but before I let you go, and I want, Nate, get over here. Come on in. you got to answer this question. But before we get Nate in here, because you haven't been a fan for a long time. You're a working media member. We get it. But if you were to go back in time and be a fan watching these games at home, what would your what would your at-home spread be like? And then we'll hear from Nate on, on what the uh, the food, the slack food uh, is going to look like. Just any finger foods, Matt. Uh, Mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks. Uh, maybe some jalapeno poppers. I love finger food. So basically the go-to items on Super Bowl Sunday – that's what I like to, to have on, on a football Saturday. That that's that's my go to. I just I love finger foods watching football. What about you? I'm the same way. I, I like I like dips, chips and salsa, chips and queso, uh yeah. and, and like pizza sliders, like some like some oh, sandwich ooh, sliders, yes. the mozzarella sticks. Oh yeah, that's it's and then throwing some Mountain Dew, maybe a cream cream soda is <laughs> great for sports, a cream soda. So good. Nate, what are you having in a couple hours? What's the that's, spread look like? That's exactly what we have. We've got a veggie tray. We've got some chips and salsa. We've got some chips and dip. We've got some hot wings. We've got. We'll have some pizza. We'll have some brats. We'll have some burgers. So what would the spread be for Dang. a meaningful bowl game? This is for the New Mexico Bowl. What would it be like for the Rose Bowl? Oh, man. Filet mignon. I mean. <laughs> absolutely. Some brisket, some, some tri-tip. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, for New Mexico Bowl, we have to go. Just the just the hot wings instead. That's nice. I like that. And you know what? All those things you can buy at Andy's Neighborhood Market. Save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. That's Andy's Neighborhood Market. Got to take a break on the other side. Back to football, Mitch. Should we get back to BYU and SMU? Let's do it. Let's get let's get you fired up for the New Mexico Bowl, the land of enchantment, the Mustangs, the Cougs. 
We'll get dive back into that bowl game preview right after this. BYU, Southern Methodist University. Here will look right. He'll throw for Erickson. Back shoulder makes the catch of the end zone. Touchdown! What a grab! Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Wild comeback in the NFL. Gives me memories of a wild comeback back in the day when BYU pulled off the unthinkable, pulled off a miracle, taking down SMU in the 1980 Holiday Bowl. Does BYU need a miracle today in the New Mexico Bowl? Kickoff at 5.30. No Jaron Hall today, so who will be the starting quarterback for the Cougars? Jaron's dealing with an ankle injury. He would be playing if he was healthy. I, I truly believe that. I don't think this is some opt-out situation Jaron would have played, but he's yeah. he's been in a boat. He's been rolling around in a scooter. So you look at Kate Finnegan. You look at Soljay Maiava-Peters. You look at Nick Billups. And, you know, the dual-threat playmaking ability of Soljay Maiava-Peters, Matt, would be quite intriguing for BYU, and it might be enough to say, you know what, you got to give Soljay that uh, QB1 nod. Whoever it is, Mitch, I love what you said earlier. Can we not shrink the playbook for this guy? Like, I just – I really hate it yeah. when coaches do this to to backups, where it's like, you, okay, sorry, you know, you're not the guy, so we're gonna shrink the playbook. Like, I don't want whoever it is, Sol J, Cade. I don't want to see a BYU quarterback only throw seven passes because they don't trust him. They need to run the offense, whether it's Sol J or Cade. Uh, I just, I, I still struggle, Mitch, to unsee Finnegan hobbling down the stairs two weeks ago at the BYU indoor practice facility. I told that yeah. story earlier in hour number one where we you know, we had a quick conversation with him and he could be on the mend. He's a young guy, but ankle injuries linger, man. I remember when I was a kid, and this has really no uh, relevance to Cade Finnegan or the quarterback situation, but just to point out how nasty ankle injuries can be, I'm playing hoops as like a 17-year-old. I roll my ankle on someone. It took like four months to get back, so... Uh, ankle injuries are, you know, a sprained ankle doesn't sound bad, but those things can linger for months and months and months. So hopefully it wasn't that significant for Cade Finnegan, but I'm with you. It's like, hey, Soljay is clearly the most athletic quarterback out of the three. He's dual threat. Maybe use him in the run game. I think it'd be fun to see Soljay Maiava-Peters. I would tell you this, though, Matt. I, I'm kind of intrigued by, by Nick Billups. I, I just think that that guy... Maybe if you had, if you took a flyer, if you were, I don't know, if we were betting on this thing, the fifth string, we betting a bunch of Mike and Ikes or, or some. Look, I'm this saying, is getting crazy. If, if what I we're was talking to about go here. say, <laughs> look, if I was to say out of these three quarterbacks, who I could envision one day being QB one for BYU week in and week out, I would probably put my chips down and say Nick Billups, and I say that because. Billups has got pretty good arm strength. He is dual threat, but he's got a good arm, and he's worked really hard at becoming a quarterback. And the only only reason he ended up as a walk-on coming out of high school was that he primarily was just a dual threat guy, basically just running the football. Dual threat was used lightly. It was just he ran all the time, and he's worked really hard at developing, and he's worked with some great trainers that – he, he was training in the offseason with Spencer Rattler, who's at South Carolina. I mean, he, he's put in a lot of work into his craft, and he's improved. And I think the fact that he's been able to stay in the quarterback room, 
uh, has shown, you know, Aaron Roderick that he believes he could be a QB for BYU in the future. But, I mean, again, that's a deep, deep cut. But I, I would also not be surprised, Matt, if we see a situation today where all three quarterbacks get some run. And if Sol J has the first drive and it goes completely sideways. Hold okay, on. You can't Kate pull Finnegan, Sol J after the here. first drive, bitch. Look, no, I'm not saying pull. I'm saying if it's if if it's a if it's not looking good, you go to that next QB, and then if that next QB doesn't do well, we'll go back to Soul J or go back. Like yeah. there's no there's no uh, kind of set schedule here. There's no worry about oh no, if we bench this guy, he's going to the portal. Like that's not a thing here. Just whoever is riding the hot hand, it should go drive by drive. Just be just play it out and see how it goes with the the flow of the game. Whoever starts. I- I'd give them two series, but after that, I'm with you. It's like if two series, you're three and out, or it's not working, let's try the next guy. But I, I am with yeah. you. You have to find out who's going to make the offense go. And Aaron Roderick said that earlier this week. It's like who's going to run the O? Who's going to be efficient? Who's going to do get us in the right plays and do all those things? That's going to be the quarterback. So it's a fascinating storyline, though. We I did not see this coming before the season began that uh, we'd be in a bowl game here. Jaron Hall's hurt again. Jacob Conover's gone. And we're arguing over which third-string quarterback is going to be making their <laughs> debut against SMU. <laughs> it's uh, quite the turn of events this 2022 football season. It's the conclusion of the Independence era. It's a special time for BYU football as they get ready for the Big 12 era coming up. Uh, big thanks to our sponsor, Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns, for today's extended pregame coverage sponsorship. We're taking a timeout on the other side. BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. I caught up with him uh, to preview this game and also discuss his future. Is he going to the portal or is he staying? Batty hits on that next here on Extended Pregame on KSL News Radio. BYU's road this year ends in Albuquerque in the New Mexico Bowl. It's complete and another touchdown! postseason appearance for a storied Cougar program. Now headed to the Big 12. This is Tom Homo's baby, so our athletic director, it's been amazing to see him get us in a position to be in the Big 12. This is KSL's special extended pregame coverage of the New Mexico Bowl on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage of BYU versus SMU in the 2022 New Mexico Bowl, and it's brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kern. It's been a fun week here in Albuquerque, and one of the guys that we do know is going to play in today's bowl game is BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. I always catch up with Tyler on Cougar tracks each and every week throughout the season, and I had a recent conversation with BYU star defensive end. We first started our conversation around the transfer portal because there's so much movement in this day and age with players. And I asked Tyler, should fans be worried about him entering the portal going in forward after this game? And, yeah, for those curious dads, I'm I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you reconfirming that because what do you make of the the transfer portal activity in this this new uh, transfer portal window era? I mean, that that first day on Monday was – was wild. I mean, you see some of these names and uh, these heralded quarterbacks that probably you would have thought are going to the NFL, and now they're coming back to college football and they're going into the portal because who knows what. I mean, this is an interesting time in college football. It, it totally is. A, it's it's reshaped the landscape of college football. It totally has. Um, and I, th- I I just think it's cool um, that guys are you know able to just 
they're, you know, you're not, you're not stuck anymore. You're not restricted. It's not like, okay, yeah, your coach, you know, say they clean house, you know, for the Stanford situation, for example, yeah. your, your head coach resigns and, you know, in past years, it's like, okay, well, like, what do I do? Like, do yeah. I, am I stuck here? Am I stuck not playing at another school? Am I stuck? And then you're at the mercy of the coach right. saying which schools you can transfer to. Yeah. That used to be a thing where it's like, okay, you can go there, but not here. Right. Now it's, I, I, it's, I completely agree with you. Yeah. It's, we, I, for, I, we forget that sometimes because it wasn't until a few years ago where coaches, I mean, Kalani was one of the exceptions. He's like, you want to go to Utah? Go to Utah. Like, I, I'm going right. to let you go. But other coaches, that was not happening. Exactly. And so it's, I, I yeah. I it's it's crazy just to I mean to go back to what I was talking about earlier is yeah your coaches the people that recruit you during that recruiting area era play a huge role in where you end up right um they're pretty much the ones that convince you whether or not you know to go to that school of course you make your own decision but they play a huge role in it and so for those guys that you pretty much bet your collegiate career on you know what I mean you essentially say okay yeah I'm going to my four years, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on that, you know. I'm gonna come to play for you, and we're gonna be successful, and I'm gonna play, et cetera, et cetera. Those guys leave, and then you're stuck in that program. I, I, you know, I don't think that's in the past. I don't think that was okay, and 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 so I, I think it's really cool. That the transfer portal allows guys to just make more of their years of eligibility. That's that's what it does. Yeah, you, you only get. I, I, BYU basketball coach Mark Pope once said, and it's always kind of stuck with me, but you only get one crack at college athletics. Yeah. Make the most of it. And it's exactly. like, if you're miserable at this school, then one, why does that school, they they don't want someone who's miserable. You know, it's right. like, if you don't want to be here, it's fine. Like, yep. Just go into the portal exactly. and, and find your next spot, and hopefully you get the, the most out of your situation. There's no bad feelings. And I don't think Cougar fans should look at this. Well, let me ask you, I mean, should Cougar fans listening to this Look at portal movement. And say, oh no, BYU football's doomed. I mean, I, I just no. to me because I'm like I'm feeling just from my opinion, it feels like it's an overreaction because like folks like yes, you lose five six players, whatever it may be, and who knows what the number goes to. But it's like there will always be players too that want to come here. This is a exactly. great program, and you know, well, and I think it always had, works itself out. I've I've had I've had guys you know over the past couple of years DM me Twitter Instagram. Hey, do you guys have any room at BYU? I'm at such and such university. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking to come to BYU, and and so it's, and they're good players, right? It's not, it's not like they're they're schmucks. Like they are competing, playing at other Division One FBS universities um, that are trying to get a a beat on where BYU's at. You know what I mean? And and want to see if they, you know, they can, you know, if they did hit the transfer portal, BYU would be an option, etc. You know, and so. Uh, you got to you got to think there there can only be 11 guys on the field at a time. Yeah. And when you have 123 guys, very true. on a team and only you know less than 10% of them are on the field at a time, yeah. you, you got to think there's going to be a little bit of movement, right? In those in those other you know 113 guys that aren't on the field in that exact moment. And so yeah, I, I would say don't definitely don't panic, you know, it's just it's something we haven't seen before, right? Because of this new transfer portal, portal era and NIL and all of that. But um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think it's anything to be overly concerned about. Guys are like you said; they're just looking to make the most out of their collegiate athletic experience. Well, and also too, I, I think there's there's also situations where 
You never know what guys are dealing with mentally, uh, physically. You, you just don't know. Like yeah. Maybe it's not out there in the open. I'm sure maybe, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, BYU guys, maybe, you know, obviously you'd probably have more intel because you're you're in the locker room, but we're not going to get into that. But, you know, it's like I think from people on the outside looking in, you just never know what makes a decision. I think far too often, like, we get in the in the media and maybe the, the national landscape where we hear, hear these people say it's transfer portals about guys giving up. It's just, uh, to me, as someone who loves the movement and the excitement of college football, like I've always felt college football is uh, the second best sport, if not as good as the NFL. I think college football is incredible. And I think this just ramps up the excitement, the exposure, the lens into these players. And I think it just adds to the excitement of the sport, personally. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, people just. We, we don't know the full story with every right. person. Exactly. We don't know what they're going through. You never truly know. So it's like there's there's a lot of variables at play. So I think uh, people, uh, it's it's all going to work itself out. BYU and every program out there, they're going to navigate some losses, but they're going to be okay. I want to ask you, though, with all this stuff that's going on and with coaching and portal, there is a game to be played. And December yeah. 17th, <laughs> you guys will be lining it up against SMU, a pretty good football team, 7-5. and five are the Mustangs, and, you know, there's some history here, and BYU and SMU once league foes in the in the whack, and they had that old 1980 Holiday Bowl when it was black and white TV, <laughs> I think. I don't know. But uh, it was a miracle, they say. Uh, what your thoughts on, on this matchup? Maybe how much do you know about SMU's offense? Statistically, it looks like they put up a lot of numbers. Uh, yeah, um, they they are a good team. Um I, I think they're. I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. I think they're a very similar team to us, and just you know their expectations and how they've performed throughout the season. Right? You know they've they've, they've played some really close games. You know one touchdown loss, one possession loss to TCU. You know what I mean? Who's who's playing in playoff? For, yeah, they're they're playoff contenders, and you know they're they're playing for the national title. And so, um, it's yeah, I think they're a good team, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to match up with them and. And uh, as for their offense, yeah, I I, I think it's going to be a good challenge. And it's, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting, you know, these next couple of weeks of preparation. But, um, you know, when game time comes, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's been impressive, Tyler, and that you guys have you rallied together in that final month. Uh, I think that's kind of gone uh, a little bit at times unnoticed. I know I put that in some of my articles that I, I've been impressed with this team. I think one of the lasting things that I will remember with this squad as you guys got one game remaining, is just the fact that you guys could have easily just thrown in the towel after four and five and said, you know what, this season's a wrap. Let's go into the offseason and move on. But you banded together, got to seven and five. And am I off to think that I think there's going to be a lot of fight from you guys again in this bowl game? And I, and I bring this up, too, because last year against UAB, I think that there was maybe questions of that. You could clarify if, if you'd like for me, but I think – I, I feel like you guys are going to have a lot of fight in this one. Yeah, I I do too. Again, I think uh, you know we kind of lost our, our lost our mojo there in in October, um, but but I think we have it back. And, and and part of that, yeah, is just the excitement to go out and compete and play, no matter who or where or when. Right? You know, throwback to twenty twenty. Uh, but point. but you know, uh, just yeah, to go out and play football. Um, and uh, and so I, yeah, I'm really excited. And I think that I think everyone on our team is right just to have another opportunity um, to go out and play football. You know, at least for me personally, you know, watching uh, watching the Pac-12 title game, um, 
you know, this past weekend, I was kind of bummed. It was just a weird weekend, but to just be sitting there and just be like, oh, like, man, like, they're suiting up and I'm not, you know, it's just kind of, it kind of, it kind of sucks, you know? Um, Nice to have, you know, a weekend off just to, you know, get the body back and, you know, have a little break. Um, But at the same time, it's just like, ah, dang it. Like, I wish we were playing, you know? And so um, I think that is the sentiment going into the bowl game. It's just like, man, yeah, let's go play one more. Like, let's go. So, Is there anything tangible to, or is it just media hype that this narrative but if you guys could get a win, do you think that can cause some momentum going into the offseason with year one of the Big 12? Is is that something that could be at stake in this game, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I think any game we play right affects that momentum. Yeah. Um, and especially, yeah, this being a bowl game. And again, I know I've talked about this before, but it's another statement game. You know, it's like, okay, whatever. Maybe Dixie was a statement game. Okay, Stanford was a statement game. Well, so is this bowl game, right? Like, we have to go out there and we have to make a statement. And, yeah, and just, again, go prove ourselves. And, like I said, just go compete, prove ourselves once more. And, and uh, yeah, so I think I think it does have a lot. And that's BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. You'll see him along BYU's defensive front today against SMU here in the New Mexico Bowl. Kickoff at 530. We're getting you ready for kickoff here live from Albuquerque on extended pregame which is always brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Marketing Kearns. Save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Andy's Neighborhood Marketing Kearns. That's Andy's Neighborhood Market. More BYU football conversation with Kalani Satake coming up next here on extended pregame live from Albuquerque on KSL News Radio. It's PantheonClinical.com or call us now 385-281-0550 Once again, 385-281-0550. What can you do with a home equity credit line from Zions Bank? Maybe treat yourself to a little backyard relaxation or something even more exotic. With Prime minus 2.00% intro APR for the first six billing cycles. Prime plus 0.25% to 2.25% variable APR thereafter. The possibilities are endless. Apply today at ZionsBank.com slash home equity or call 1-800-789-5626 to learn more. Loan subject to credit approval. Terms and conditions apply. See banker for details. Division of Zions Bank Corporation and a member FDIC. Equal housing lender. NMLS number 467014. KSL pregame coverage. Top 25 scoreboard update. Over to BYU Southern Methodist University. 15-10, 5, touchdown. It's an 18-yard run for the score, and the Cougars make it a three-score game. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame, brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. Caught up with BYU head coach Kalani Satake, who's getting ready for his sixth bowl game as the head man for the Cougars. And Kalani is always excited as usual. Kalani, game day is here. BYU, SMU, New Mexico Bowl. What are you expecting from the team today? Yeah, I think we can go out there and have fun, play our best football, you know. Um, uh, basically empty the tank. This is the last game, so uh, I think we can create some great memories, but uh, enjoy the opportunity to, to play another game. Uh, there's going to be some new bodies out there and some some guys that are uh, not as experienced, but I, I think uh, in the rotation. But I think uh, overall the guys are ready for the moment. Uh, I felt like from the team the feeling was that they just practiced so much against each other that uh, they're 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 ready for another for a game to, to happen. So I'm excited for the for the matchup. It's going to be a fun. 
Jaron Hall likely out, as you noted earlier in the week. Let me just ask you, I know you noted that you don't even know yet who, who the quarterback's going to be. Kate Finnegan, uh, just maybe just a skill set that impresses you about each guy. Kate Finnegan, Soljay Maiava Peters, and Nick Billows. Yeah, Kate actually had some issues um, with injury earlier in the season. And so uh, we feel like he's, he's um, much better now. And, uh, we were not sure if he was going to be able to go um, in practices. And he's been able to actually power through in practice. And then um, Nick Billups. And, and Kate can do a lot of things that he can run, he can throw. Um, you look at Nick Billups, is very athletic, can really run. But I think people, um, they mistake in his athleticism. They don't really look at it. He's got great arm strength. Um, and then soljay has got it all, man. He's a gamer. and uh, He finds ways to make plays. And, and he's got extreme confidence. Um, but he, he finds ways to, be, to make plays and, and buy more time. And so all three guys can do things that are unique and maybe different from each other, but we feel really good about all three guys. And we, you know, I, I gave the challenge to A-Rod to just play the right guy in the right times. We have no tendencies right now with the three, so I might as well just go out there and have fun and see what we can do. I know the focus is on this year's team. In this moment, you've stayed consistent in that. I think back to media day when we were in that studio and you talked about that. It's 100% folks with this group. But same time, do you believe that there could be momentum caused with a win uh, going into the Big 12 era? There's just so much, there's just so much um, time between now and the beginning of 2023 season that I, I, uh, I think the momentum will be caused on, on the, the humility and the hunger going into January. And so... Uh, you know, last year when we didn't get the win and didn't go the way we thought it, it should have gone, um, you know, it was an opportunity for us to motivate our guys and make sure that we appreciate the bowl games and, and come ready to play. Um, I've seen a difference in the team right now, and so hopefully we'll see what happens this, this, this game. But regardless of the outcome, SMU is a really good team. Uh, we're obviously uh, not at full strength. Not a lot of teams are right now, but... Uh, we, we feel good about our team, about the depth, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not really worried about uh, this being a make-or-break game. I just worry about us playing at our best. But I really like the opportunity when people think that everything's stacked against you. You know, I, I, think, uh, I think the guys will be ready for it. So I, I, know, I know there's a lot of emphasis on Jaron not playing and everything, but... Uh, I know the other guys will step up and make plays too and make up the difference. Your program's pretty good at that. I mean, I think back to Boise State, everything was stacked against you guys and you pull out a win there. I mean, and I think also the defense too this year. The defense has had the struggles and you stepped in and, and had a bigger role in that. What are you expecting from the defense here against SMU, a high-powered offense? Yeah, really high-powered offense. I just want them to play well fundamentals. You know, that's, I think the, the issue in the past have been the fundamentals and uh, if you want to stop the run, you should tackle better, you know, and, and that will help you be a better run-stopping team but also uh, limit gains in the pass game. So uh, I, I really like uh, the, the steps that we've made. Sometimes when uh, things are going wrong, you just go right back to the basics, and that's in life, you know, so it is in football too. And so, um, you know, we want to block well, tackle better, uh, defeat blocks, you know, on defense, and, and then on offense we want to take care of the football and, and try to extend drives by – playing good fundamental football and making sure everybody does their job. And it comes back to doing your 111th. And um, we've, we've kind of extended that too, not just doing your 111th, but everybody on the on the sideline being 
um, being just having their doing their job and their role on the sideline, which means there's a lot of eyes now watching the game and then communicating what they're seeing out there. And I think that's been really helpful for our team as well. Last thing for you, Kalani, uh, just how much do you enjoy uh, these bowl games? I, I always enjoy talking to you about football because uh, you have a deep respect for, for fo- football and bowl games. Uh, just maybe uh, how you view uh, the importance of bowl games for your program going forward in, in, in this game uh, today. Yeah, I, I love bowl games, and um, I love being able to prep for them. I love the timing that they're at. and. Uh, during, during the holiday season, you know, so uh, there's going to be a lot of bowl games being played this season, and I plan on watching as many as I can. Um, but uh, I think that's that's kind of what the game is all about. You give these guys another chance to play the game, to be around each other, and then you reward them and their families for uh, for all the hard work. And um, without all that being done, said and done, you want to still compete. I mean, there's, that, that's life. You, you're able to enjoy your time and, and appreciate what you have, but then uh, also be competitive and um, the game of football does a, a great job in teaching life lessons it has for me and I hope that it it will continue for these young men and those that are going out we got to do it one more time so this is going to have some fun and it, it's everybody involved including yourself Mitch and others other media members I mean this is we're all we're all enjoying this together you know what I mean so this has been a lot of fun obviously we went through some adversity uh, we continue. We will continue to have adversity, but I, I'd hope that we can respond quicker and, and uh, make sure that we're playing at our best from here on out. And I, I anticipate seeing us do that tonight. Play your best, and uh, then afterwards, maybe get that uh, Christmas shopping list done, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's. I'm you, got a, you got a bunch of stuff first to do. Of, first of all, why does everybody go shopping the same time I do? You know, like, <laughs> but uh, maybe I'll have to give give Amazon and everything else a chance, but. Uh, I don't. There's something about going and doing it, and, and being involved in, in walking around the, and, and seeing all the, the decorations for Christmas. And uh, but it, it's, you know, the focus will still be on on celebrating the, the the birth of our Savior, and that's that's what we're the main part about it. But I think it's a good time to spend with family. And that's that's what I look forward to. I know you do too as as well. So uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's have some fun. Go Cougs. Best of luck, Kalani, and uh, talk to you again uh, after the game. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. That's head coach Kalani Satake. We're taking a timeout. We'll get into our number three as we count down to BYU and SMU, New Mexico Bowl, live from Albuquerque. It's extended pregame coverage brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Marketing Kearns here on KSL News Radio. It's the final game of a long season. Timeouts have been exhausted. All they can do is kick it and hope to win it. The Cougars struggled, dug down deep, and rebounded at year's end. He's going to go. seniors, although some of those BYU stars will watch from the sidelines. Jaren's situation, we were hoping that he'd be able to go, but Soljay Mayava and, and Nick Billups and Kate Finnegan, those guys, they got a roll. You're listening to KSL's special extended pregame coverage. The New Mexico Bowl, BYU versus SMU. Here are Mitch Harper and Matt Bailante on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in to extended pregame coverage between BYU and SMU. That kick will come in about two and a half hours right here on KSL News Radio. We're still going, though. This is extended pregame coverage brought to you by Andy's Neighborhood Market in, in, in Kearns. And, Mitch, we do this each and every week throughout the football year. It's kind of sad that it's the final game of 2022 in the independent era, but we want to get you prepared 
for the football game in just a few hours with three and out. Three and out. A quick hit look at BYU's next opponent on the gridiron. It's three and out on Cougar Sports Saturday. All right, three and out. We do this each and every week. It's where we give you a stat to keep uh, an eye on, a player to watch, and a bold prediction to get you prepared for the football game. And like any drive, it starts on first down. First down. All right, I'll go first, Mitch. First down, this is where we give you an interesting stat. I thought this was very interesting, and I think it will play a role in the football game. SMU, and the stat I'm giving you is the number 12. What does that represent? That's their ranking in red zone office. They, uh, offense. They score nearly 92% of the time. That's twice as good as BYU's red zone offense. They are dang good when they get inside the 20-yard line. BYU's defense is going to have to find a way to hold to some field goals, maybe come up with a turnover, but SMU incredibly efficient when they get in the red zone. SMU is explosive offensively, but on the flip side, their defense is terrible, and that's where I center my stats. SMU, 445. That's the amount of yards the Mustangs give up per game on defense. You look at a lot of the defensive metrics on SMU, they're in the bottom 10, bottom 20 nationally in a lot of key metrics. So, with all the questions surrounding BYU's personnel, Jaron Hall's out. Puka Nakua expected to be out despite those losses. BYU's offense still has a system with Aaron Roderick and a confidence level that no matter who's in there can perform at a high level. And, you know, SMU's defense is maybe worse than BYU's. I think it's the first time we've said that this season for an opponent. So that, to me... Lend some hope that despite the personnel changes for BYU on offense, they can still put up numbers. Second down. You touched on that offensive personnel, Mitch, and here on second down we give you players to watch for both teams. You know, I'm going off the beaten path here, but I can't get this out of my mind. You and me, we were down at BYU's indoor practice facility getting interviews before the Stanford game, and we get chatting as we often do, and the clock's ticking, and lo and behold – Players are starting to leave the facility. And who do we see slowly coming down the stairs? It is Cade Finnegan. It was the day he got his boot off from that ankle injury. That was only a few weeks ago. Now, he's a lot younger than you and me. He's an athlete. We're not. So he can probably recover a lot faster than us. But ankle injuries are tricky. And I just don't see him being 100%. That doesn't mean he won't play. But because I believe that he might still be a little limited... My player to watch for BYU is the next guy up, Sol J. Mayava Peters. And I think Sol J, especially in this type of football game where you touched on SMU's porous defense, their run defense is awful. We thought BYU's run defense was bad. SMU gives up over 200 yards per game. BYU can run the football. Who is the best quarterback left that's available that can run the football? It's Sol J. Mayava Peters. You get him involved in the running game. So I think we will definitely see at some point, and maybe the whole game, we'll see shortly. As kickoff's only a few hours away, but I think we're going to see Sol J. Mayava-Peters tonight. I agree with you, and I think it's remarkable to think that we're getting to a point where Sol J. Mayava-Peters is going to play because uh, a month or two ago, he was the guy that was just holding up the cards for the offense, and that was his only role, (laughs) and he wasn't even suited up at practices. I mean, that's how how big of a change this has turned for BYU's quarterback room. My player to watch is also... In BYU's backfield, I'm going to go with Hinkley Falau-Rapati, the running back, 
number seven. He had that breakthrough performance against Boise State. I think Chris Brooks is going to have a nice game as well, too. But Ropati could be maybe the future, Matt, for BYU next year in the Big 12. He's, he confirmed this week he still has two years of eligibility remaining. He's a smart guy. He wants to get that master's degree done at BYU. So props to him. That's a smart move by him. But I think he's also going to be a productive player for BYU in the backfield this week and also in the years to come in the Big 12. So look for Hinkley, Fulau, Rapati, I think, to have a big game for BYU on the I ground. I love that choice, Mitch. And, and, man, did he show us in that Stanford game an extra burst of speed and some agility. And he is a great example, Mitch. And I know we've talked about this before, but he's a great example of sometimes practice doesn't tell you all you need to know. And and he has Good absolutely point. performed in games. And I, I agree with you. He's, he's going to be a big part. Third down. Third down here is where we give you a bold prediction. And earlier this week, we were back at the indoor practice facility getting some interviews before the team took off to New Mexico. And Jake Oldroyd was the first person that the media spoke with, and he made it clear this is it for Jake Oldroyd. And as the Mr. Special Teams guy on Cougar Sports Saturday, I would be remiss if I did not make a special teams prediction on the final game of 2022. So I think it is fitting, Mitch for Jake Oldroyd, that he bookends his career with game-winning field goals. He did it many, many, many years ago down in Arizona against the Wildcats, and I think he's going to do it again. I think this will be a close football game. Because SMU is missing so much firepower offensively, yeah, they still have Tanner Mordecai. He's a 3,000-yard passer the past two years. He's good, but he's missing his best receivers. He's missing his best offensive linemen. I don't think SMU is going to be as explosive as they could have been which is why I feel comfortable picking BYU in a nail-biter with Jake Oldroyd getting the win at the horn. I love that pick. And, you know, Jake is a guy this year that he's went through a lot of adversity. And credit to him for bouncing back because I'll admit, Matt, I thought he's done. He's a broken man. He's he's no longer going to be able to, to do it. But, hey, he's also the, the best kicker still despite his flaws this year. Uh, better than Justin Smith, who was missing every extra point. I think was attempted. I, I, I memory. It, it's a blur at the end of the season. <laughs> and then Cash Peterman uh, doesn't even get on the field. So uh, Jake Oldrick, credit to him for sticking with it and bouncing back. And you know, he said he's going to give it a go. Try to give it a go at least in the NFL. But he did say he has a uh, tech sales job already lined up post his BYU career. So happy for Jake and and all of his uh, success because the guy has had moments of brilliance at BYU and be cool to see him cap it off with a game-winning field goal. My bold prediction is that BYU scores two touchdowns, two-plus touchdowns in this game on trick plays, a.k.a. specials, as BYU likes to call them. I'm thinking, Matt, that Aaron Roderick, this conservative play calling that he sometimes has had this year, that's got to go out the window. Unload the trick play, Soljay Mayava, a Statue of Liberty to Hinkley Rapati, something. I need something crazy. Go down in bowl game lore with some wild, epic touchdown plays. I'm saying two touchdowns on specials by BYU. <laughs> I love that bold prediction. And I, look, I'm not even going to ask you to double down on this. I'll just, I'll just bring you Baja Blast. I don't know for the next year <laughs> if one of those specials is that play we've seen what a dozen times to Isaac Rex sneaking down the sideline. I mean, you think defenses would have that covered by now, but that, I mean, we're guaranteed to see that special later today, Mitch. Has to. I mean, that that's the the BYU staple. So I I always love a good trick play, and I think that Aaron Roderick it, unload that. 
that playbook here and empty the tank, as Kalani Sataki likes to say. And and I think it'll be a, a game where BYU has some explosive plays on the offensive side. Good stuff. All right, we got to take a break here on extended pregame coverage for BYU and SMU. You can save big on holiday groceries and gifts at Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns. That is Andy's Neighborhood Market. We'll take the break. On the other side, our score predictions for not only the football game, but BYU and Utah coming up here in less than an hour. We'll give you our predictions on the other side. BYU, Southern Methodist University. 15-10, he will go for his second pick six of the season. And the Cougs take the lead. Special extended BYU pregame coverage on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into extended pregame coverage of BYU versus SMU in the 2022 New Mexico Bowl. Coming to you live from Albuquerque. It's been a fun week here in the land of enchantment, but it's coming to a close as we get ready for kickoff for BYU and the Mustangs at 530. And also, BYU basketball. It's a rivalry edition on the hardwood. BYU going to be taking on the Utes. Four o'clock tip. You can listen to that game on 1280 AM, the KSL Sports Zone. Football listeners, you stay here on KSL News Radio. So just a, a quick programming note there. You can get an all-day fix on your KSL Sports feeds for BYU content today. Let's get to some score predictions, Matt. Let's well, let's start off with BYU basketball real quick. BYU, Utah, how do you see this game playing out on the hardwood for BYU hoops? Cougars have won four of the last five. Uh, you know, not only setback being a wild game at the Huntsman Center where uh, Ryland Jones went bananas in overtime, but I think BYU is going to find a way. I know that Utah has a big size advantage, but I was really encouraged with BYU's shooting and rebounding in the past couple games. I think that's improved. Now, we'll have to see what happens with Fouche Traore. We know there's some injuries for BYU basketball, but I just feel like, I don't know, There's gonna the Cougs are going to find a way at the Marriott. It's going to be a long time since BYU's hosted Utah at the Marriott Center with fans. A long time. Good point. And I think that a lot of BYU fans who are not making the trip to New Mexico are going to make the trip to the Marriott Center. They'll have a home court advantage. I like the Cougs in a close one. Uh, Utah's Gabe Madsen is going to play. He's been dealing with a leg injury. So that's uh, another you know piece for Utah that's that's coming back. Whereas BYU, they're without Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell. You know, he's been optimistic about a return, but he's expected to be out. And then Foose, he said, if Foose doesn't play, I don't think BYU wins this game, Matt. And the thing I will say about BYU this season in hoops is they always rise the occasion and make any game interesting. I mean, what they did last week against Creighton shocked me. Yep. It just shocked me. And now Creighton was without their big man. But still, I, I was I was floored by that performance by BYU. So they are capable of springing an upset and – Kind of rising to the occasion like football, but I think Utah, uh, if, if Foose doesn't play, I'm going to say the Utes. I know that's that's tough to say here on, on, on Cougar Sports Saturday, but Foose is so important to this BYU team in this type of matchup. Football now, as we have a few minutes left. Let's get our predictions for football, and, and maybe let's start here with our producer, Nate Slack. Nate wants to jump on the horn here. He can give out his prediction for football and throw in a little hoops prediction as well quickly, Nate. Yeah, hoops Hoops is tough. Um, just injury history that you guys have talked about with Foose. Just and, say it. You're picking the Utes. I'm not because of the Marriott Center magic. We haven't seen that in a little bit. Go. It's been a couple of years. Uh, really, the last time we saw the Marriott Center magic was, was against Gonzaga um, pre-COVID pandemic. But um, Marriott Center magic coming back tonight, I think it's going to help BYU overcome Utah. 
um, despite the size advantage. Uh, I think Cougars and despite get it done. the Slack family selling all their tickets, bitch. <laughs> That's what I heard through the grapevine oh, that the man. Slack family is out. <laughs> Football's yes. king, guys. Football's king. I get it. Speaking of football, your pick. Yeah, I've, I've got. You know, this get this is a weird game. I think it could go either way. Um, I, honestly, I could see BYU winning in a blowout. I could see SMU winning in a blowout. Um, I think it's going to come down to the run game. I don't think SMU has the defense to uh, hold up with a Chris Brooks and Hinkley Ropati. So I've got BYU edging out SMU, 27-24. Nice. I'll, I'll give uh, both of these offenses a little more credit than you just did, Nate, but I'm going to say 34-31. i got to tell you, up until pretty much last night, I was going to pick SMU. I, just, I still struggle to see all of BYU's players and coaches and everyone all in on the game. I just think it's been a very challenging year. Now you've got the transfer portal has been crazy. There's recruiting. There's you're juggling a new staff. Like there's just all this stuff going. On. I don't know how any human being can be solely focused on a football game, especially the New Mexico Bowl. When you know at the start of the year, Mitch Jacob Robinson thought they should have been a top ten ranked team, and now they're in the land of enchantment. That is not how twenty two was supposed to go. So I just I have a hard time buying in on the care factor. But with that being said, I think and with Jaron Hall being out and some of these guys leaving, I actually think that helps BYU. Because the Soul Jays and the Ropatis, these guys care. They, they're they auditioning for the Big 12 and for playing time next year. So because of that, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it's blue goggles, I don't know. I'm picking BYU on that Jake Oldroyd game winner, 34-31. I like it. Last night here at the team hotel at the Marriott, uh, a visitor approached the BYU team. It was Santa Claus. Ooh. And Santa showed up in a blue suit and – he was greeted with cheering children because, of course, BYU brings all the kids and wives as SMU was stunned to see all of them. But Santa came bearing gifts. And, look, the Christmas spirit maybe is here in, in this team hotel for BYU, but I'm saying the Cougs get it done. BYU 37, SMU 35. It's maybe Miracle Bowl Part 2, baby, in the land of enchantment, the New Mexico Bowl. It's Cougars. It's Mustangs. It's on KSL News Radio. Let's go, man. I'm fired up. <laughs> That's good stuff. We all pick BYU. Well, we got to wrap it up. We had a blast today on extended pregame coverage show for Mitch Harper, or Mitch Harper down at New Mexico. Uh, we'll be looking forward to your coverage a little later on from the bowl game for our producer, Nate Slack. I'm Matt Biamonte. And also, thanks to Andy's Neighborhood Market in Kearns for sponsoring today's extended pregame coverage. We'll see you next week. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately... We're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.